The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern, for those of you keeping track. Uh, by day, we are the publishers of Eckhart's Press and Chicago Author Solutions. By night, we are unappreciated husbands and fathers. And in our spare time, we are consumers of worthless information. And another word for that is... Rick, that would be minutia. That would be minutia. And that's, that's a, why we call the show Minutia Men. That's a fun word to say, isn't it? It is. We talk about minutia and we are men. So I think that really works out perfectly for us. And if you like this show, and I'm going to ask you to do this before we start the show, because right now you probably like it. Uh, so please rate it and subscribe uh, that because that will help us with our rankings. And if it helps us with our rankings, then we're happy. And then it makes the show better. Don't you think? Yeah, it, it validates our life. <laughs> it does. Think, right? Rick, because we're really we just want to be liked. That's we're like a little we're like two little puppies. All we want to be is hugged and look, belly rubs. It'd be kind of your digital belly rubbing to us. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, and if you have bad things to say, uh, please keep those to yourself. Yeah, because right. we don't want to hear it. Right, and um, and I, Rick, I know that you're just like me. We can have twenty great comments, but I will fixate on the one that's bad. <laughs> we just asked for bad comments, yeah, just so you know. All right, so Dave, what kind of minutia do we have this week? Well, well, Rick, uh, I I don't think you've never been to Japan, right? You've no. never been to Tokyo, have you? No. Um, it's it's kind of an odd place, Tokyo. Um, you, you've been there? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Right. Your brother-in-law lives there, right? Yeah, and I, in fact, I think I even stole. An ashtray from a bar for you. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. It was the Cavern Club in yeah. uh, in Tokyo, and basically, what the Cavern Club was uh, was a bar that that simulated the Cavern Club in Liverpool, where the Beatles came, right, and or played, yeah. and uh, they would have Japanese cover bands, <laughs> right. Uh, at the, and the thing that really kind of sucked about this, I mean, I thought the bar was great. Uh, I was really hoping that the Japanese cover bands would suck. Yeah. Because it'd be funnier, right? You know, sure. uh, and this might sound a little racist, but uh, yeah, you know, whatever you're going to say next will sound racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, but 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 because I know it sounds racist, it makes me less of a racist. Okay. Uh, you know, I was hoping for like a you know a Locky Lacoon. You know what I mean? <laughs> or Erin or Wrigley or whatever. Uh, but they were fantastic. They were absolutely fantastic. Um, and here's another bar in Tokyo. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. It's called the Amrita, and I have no idea what that means. And in fact, I went on their website and can't understand anything because it's all in Japanese. But um, it's a new Tokyo restaurant that basically it's they call themselves the first naked restaurant. And basically, what it is is that you go there and you are naked while you're eating. So it's not that the uh, the wait staff is naked; it's that the that the customers are naked. Correct, and it appears that the wait staff are hunky uh, Caucasians men um, that wear almost nothing. So they're sort of naked, but the but the patrons are all naked. Now that's you know that's fine. I don't have to go there. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, but, I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to be particularly appealing. But listen to this, and this is what got my dander up. Okay, um, there are restrictions. It's not like 
every <laughs> no pun intended Tom Dick or Harry mm-hmm. can go to this to go to this uh, place. Um, no adult diners over the age of sixty will be admitted. <laughs> we don't want to see naked old people, right, you know. Okay. Um, and by the way, as we're blitzkrieging towards sixty, yeah. kind of pisses me off a little bit. Right, not as funny um, anymore. It really is it, and uh, and nor will people who are more than fifteen kilograms. And I know that you're a metric savant, but for those of us that aren't, that's thirty three pounds over the average weight for a person for their height and their weight. So, or for their height. So, okay. Um, so I, I obviously, think we may qualify actually. Uh, well, <laughs> this restaurant would go out of business in America, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, but but this is. Uh, this is, you know, I, what would what would possess you to go to a restaurant where, like, hey, honey, let's grab some sushi and take our clothes off? Yeah, you know, that's that's, that's not good. I, 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 just off the top of my head, I have a couple of questions that you may not be able to answer, but you know, just sticking to the strict weight requirements may not filter out what you're looking for. Really, you should have like a, no giant bellies. Right, because you know there are skinny fat guys. Yeah, uh, you're well, listening but, to two of them right now. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's a Japan. So sumo wrestler. Well, I guess they sumo wrestlers would be over the 33 pounds anyway. So that I guess would not apply. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what yeah. about hair? What about hairiness? You know, what about like a Robin Williams uh, fur covered kind of guy? Do you want to uh, really be eating next to that? Right. It's like, hey, waiter, there's there's that guy's hair in my soup. And speaking of soup. Do you really want to eat soup when you're naked? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, you right. remember that scene in uh, in Young Frankenstein where uh, Frankenstein goes to visit the blind man, and Gene Hackman plays the blind man, and he keeps trying to pour soup into the into the bowl, and because he can't see, <laughs> he can't see the bowl because he's blind. He keeps pouring it right into Frankenstein's lap. Now, if that happens, if that happens in this restaurant. That'd be bad. That, that would, would be really, really be painful. Um, here's another part of this. Uh, not only are, so it's the so you can be turned away for your height and your age. Um, the restaurant will require everyone who enters to wear disposable underwear that they will provide. Now, so now, so you're naked, and then they make you wear disposable underwear. So now that I'm reading this, it looks like they're not naked, but it's called the Naked Restaurant. So there's not truth in advertising here. So it could be a topless uh, thing. Yeah, I guess. Um, now, here, here's something what, else. What can, do they do with the disposable underwear I afterwards? Know. I mean, this is just so disgusting. Um, and here's, here's something else. If you make reservations, yeah, um, it costs – oh, wait. The tickets for opening weekend are 10,000 yen, which are – it's about 94 bucks. But if you buy tickets and you go there and you're too fat – you don't get your money back and you can't go in. <laughs> God, that it's humiliating. Yeah, it is. It's the Amrita, um, A-M-R-I-T-A, if any of our listeners are interested in flying to Japan, because the Cavern Club, which would have been a much better choice, is no longer open. Uh, so you can go to the Naked Restaurant. Try the rump roast. hey oh hey. All right, I have some minutiae for you. This is... Uh, this is uh, regarding Paul McCartney, who you know I love Paul McCartney. Yeah. Um, he is offering a prize package. This is like an auction that is going on right now on eBay if you're interested. And this could be one of the greatest prizes ever. The package 
includes a pair of passes to attend uh, a sound check. Go hang out with Paul at, during a sound check. Meet and greet with Sir Paul. Two tickets to uh, see um, one of his concerts, uh, select dates in July and August. Mm-hmm. An official photo of you and Paul, which uh, is taken after the show and sent to, and sent to you. Two round-trip Delta One business first-class tickets within the continental U.S. Holy moly. It, and it's on, uh, it's on eBay right now. It's going through uh, June 23rd. How much is it? So, How you know, much? Father's Day is coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sure you're. I'm sure they're right on this for you. Uh, yeah, right now, right now, I just went on it uh, this morning. The price was seventeen thousand nine hundred dollars. You know, this may sound ridiculous, but that doesn't even seem too much. You know, you I was think thinking this. It. I was actually thinking the same thing because, you know, what would you pay to to meet someone like Paul McCartney? Yeah, and pl- I mean, plus you get the two round trip airfare, right? Right. Okay, so that's let's say you know fifteen hundred bucks or whatever. I would assume there's hotels in here. I don't remember. Did you say that there's a hotel? Actually, no, I don't think there is a hotel. No. Um, but yeah, the tickets to the it, show are probably two hundred bucks each. Right. So you got you know it's two grand and whatever right there. Um, and then it's about is, ten grand uh, plus to meet Paul, basically. Um. Are there like other cool things like the original lyrics for Magneto and Titanium Man? <laughs> now you're mocking. Now you're mocking. <laughs> but is, I mean, is there anybody in the world that you would pay more than $10,000 to meet? My dead father. Oh, wow. Thanks for bringing us down. <laughs> Thanks uh, for bringing us down yeah. on this weekend of Father's Day coming up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the next uh, 26 minutes of the of Medusha bed will be just be crying. How does that sound? <laughs> By the way, uh, I'm sure your family, like my family, are have elaborate plans made up well, for this weekend for Father's Day. Oh, it, it, there's. Uh, in fact, I, I heard Michelle talking about dancers. There's going to be like uh-huh. a big parade yeah. for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, there's going to be dancers. <laughs> the kids are going to be on their best behavior, Rick. I know they are. Um, and it's going to be all about me on Sunday. I, I know it is. You know what I've done the last couple of years, just as a just as a fun little uh, exercise, because <laughs> you know boys are. Uh, that's a nice way of saying this. Boys are not. Uh, Overly uh, affectionate. Let's put yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, sure. And especially my boys. And you know, we're we're Germans. They, they were brought up that way. I'm that way. I'm, we're not affectionate people. Um, but uh, every year on my birthday and on Father's Day, I don't say a word, and I just see if they remember <laughs> or not. Like how long? Like and the last two years, play? I've actually uh, demanded to Bridget not to tell them, just because I want to find out what. And the last two years, they have totally forgotten my birthday. Yeah. Just totally forgotten it. <laughs> birthdays are just not that big of a deal. I, I think birthdays are more important. And I know my wife listens to this podcast. More important to wives than they are to husbands. Or like most of my – I mean, I never even think of my birthday. Yeah, I really don't care either. I, yeah, I really uh, don't care. I don't really but, care about Father's Day either, if I'm going to be totally honest. No, it, it would be nice. It would be nice if they were it did something nice for me. Uh, I'm just not holding my breath. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, I would just like a day of no passive aggressive aggravation. You know, and uh, no eye rolls, no t- no teenage eye rolls. Maybe a Luminati's pizza. You know, uh, maybe I can sit in the basement and watch my 
White Sox as they plummet toward uh, obscurity. You know, maybe just that. You know, go to a Cub game maybe or a Sox game by myself might be nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you know what I you know what I've always wanted to do is just like have a day of Dave where <laughs> I check into a hotel. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a nice hotel. Like 24 hours. I'll go to a hotel. I'll just sleep to like like, like the days in we stayed in in uh, in Arizona. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Or, 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 or do you are you looking for something a little step up from that? Maybe a little, maybe a little nicer, but not that much. Uh, maybe that has a red uh, a, a shuttle to a casino, possibly. <laughs> you know, maybe a nice morning buffet. You know, uh, you know, free movies. I don't care. Just twenty four hours of just me. You know, um, well, there you I, go, I, Stern family. It's all bits. It's all been laid out there for you. You've got uh, four days to put this together. Yeah. Well, Michelle will probably listen to this podcast after Father's Day, so that means 362 days or whatever until the next Father's Day. Okay. Next year. Well, Happy Father's Day. Well, same right. to you. Well, no, what other you. kind of minutia do you have for us this week? Well, Dave? this is coming out of Israel. We're very uh, international. Today. We are. Uh, uh, headline man seeks restraining order against God. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is out of Israel. Haifa resident asks court to keep the almighty away claiming he is being mean to him. Um, no, I do think it's funny that this is happening in Israel because you know how many lawyers are probably there. Hey, oh, <laughs> did that sound kind of racist too? You're allowed to say that you're Jewish. <laughs> uh, an Israeli man has petitioned the Haifa magistrate's court for a restraining order against God, claiming the Almighty has been particularly unkind to him. Uh, <laughs> the initiator of the request, which they are not naming, um, uh, did this. You know, did a restraining order. You know, filed a restraining order, and they actually. Went to court. Um, Rick, God did not show up to court. Oh, he was there. <laughs> okay. Well, well, evidently he did not. Uh, he did not oppose uh, this uh, this this um, restraining <laughs> order. Uh, but uh, the uh, judge, in a uh, I think a moment of sanity, threw it out. But what I'm thinking is, if you know, what what group of people? That possibly would 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 be someone that would want restraining orders against God. Is there a particular type of people? There, like a group of people, maybe fans of a particular baseball team in Chicago. Oh, possibly? okay, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I see I where mean, you're going with this. I have so if, felt that I'll give you a couple of years that I felt like uh, maybe we could have used a restraining order. 1969, 1984, mm-hmm. 1989, 2003, 2007, and 2008. Those, uh, those would be the years for me. And now, that brings us to our next feature, which is uh, Just One Bad Century. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. So, Dave, you know that uh, I am the editor-in-chief of Just One Bad Century. and Are, I, uh, are, you, are you wearing the Indian headdress? I am not. I am With not. With the cuts and yeah. Okay. But I am uh, celebrating a, a big anniversary today. Uh, we're, we're taping this on June 15th. Uh, it will uh, air tomorrow, I guess. Uh, but June 15th, Dave, as you well know, is the anniversary of the Lou Brock trade. <laughs> so I have my flag at half, uh, half staff outside. So just so everybody knows, that's what it's for. Um, but also, this is the anniversary of... 
a very traumatic moment in Cubs history, more traumatic than the uh, than the Lou Brock trade, which is just a trade. But this is a real thing. Have you ever heard of the name Eddie Waitkiss? No, I don't think so. No. So Eddie Waitkiss was a Cubs player who played in the 40s, and he, he was a, a star player. He was an all-star. He was a first baseman. Uh, he went to war. Uh, right as he was starting to uh, become a, a star and came back and, and became an all-star. And so, of course, the Cubs traded him. They traded him for two uh, two old pitchers. And when I say old, one of them was 49 years old. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. So, of That's course, old. Eddie went on to become a star at the, with the Philadelphia Phillies. And his first time back to uh, Chicago, he ran into um, a stalker. And this is, let me tell you, there are stalkers and there are stalkers. This is a woman named Ruth Ann Steinhagen, who had a scrapbook of pictures and clippings of Wakas. But this is how big of a fan she was, Dave. She she found out that Eddie was Lithuanian, so she studied and learned the language. Whoa. Okay. That's committing to the stock. That is that, committing that, to that, the stock. That is commitment. That is... Big and and when, he, when he was traded, uh, she cried night and day, according to her uh, mother. And the first time that Eddie came back, she met him at the Edgewater Beach Hotel, which is where the Phillies were staying. That That's the pink hotel on... Uh, yeah, the, uh, on right by the Lakeshore Drive entrance. Right, right exactly. And at that time, that was like the, the hotel in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It was a, a very nice hotel. Anyway, Ruth Ann Burns was the name of Eddie's real girlfriend. So Ruth Ann Steinhagen is the, is the stalker. Ruth Ann Burns was his real girlfriend. And he got a note that Ruth Ann wanted to see him in room 1297. So it was his girlfriend. He was excited to see her. So he went up to room 1297, knocked on the door. And instead of Ruth Ann Burns, it was Ruth Ann Steinhagen. And instead of uh, welcoming welcoming with a hug, she welcomed him with a shotgun blast to the chest. (laughs) That's not funny. It's not funny. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. She said, if I can't have you, nobody can. And then she shot him in the chest. And if she hadn't called the front desk to say, hey, by the way, I've just shot Eddie Waitkiss in my room, 1297, he would have died. He, he was he was saved in surgery. Um, and she was then uh, punished. Uh, she was ruled insane. I think, I think we can all agree <laughs> that she was insane. Yeah. He had never met her, by the way. This isn't like a fatal attraction thing where... You know, Glenn Close uh, right, is right. his girlfriend or anything. This is somebody complete stranger. Um, he would not testify against her. She did. Not, she did. Did go to uh, a mental institution and had uh, electric shock therapy for several years, and then was released. And Eddie did eventually um, go back to playing baseball, but uh, never again was he a good player. This reminds me of the movie. Um, God, what's the name of the movie? The Natural. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, actually, the the writer of the Natural, Bernard Malmud, was inspired by this because Eddie described her as uh, as having the coldest eyes he had ever seen, ooh. and that was the way that uh, the the crazy female fan was described in the book, the Natural, the novel. Oh. Hey, what was? Do you remember what was the name of? Um, it was Roy Hobbs. Was is that the? Yep. 
Was that the player's name, Roy yep, Hobbs? Yep. There goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was. What was the name of his bat? Didn't he have a name of Oh, a yeah, bat? like Wonder Boy or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Not that I've seen that too many times. <laughs> uh, I always get Wonder Boy confused with uh, Orson Welles' sled. Rosebud. Rose, yeah. Uh, did, you, did you ever see Citizen Kane? I did. You like it? I did. I thought it was good. I, I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 yeah. I mean, it's no Fargo. I actually, yeah, I like Fargo better. Is yeah, that, is oh, that I, what you're uh, saying? Are you, are you agreeing with me? Yeah, I mean, I think Pulp Fiction, Fargo, um, the the latest SpongeBob movie, all better than Citizen Kane. I agree. All right, David, it's time now for our final feature, which we are calling Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So Celebrity Potpourri works this way. Um, I was a uh, producer in radio for many years and met many celebrities. Uh, and Paul, uh, Paul McCart- I have a Paul McCartney story, too, which is in the bowl. Maybe you'll pull his name out today. Um but uh, I've met many celebrities over the years, and Dave likes hearing these celebrity stories. So what we've done is we've written down the names of every celebrity I've ever met, and we've put him in a bowl. And then Dave reaches into the bowl and pulls out a name, and I have to tell the story. Whatever the story is, some stories are better than others. Go you ahead. You know, Rick, um, I like this feature. This is great. But, you know, when I sold paper for 20 years, I met a lot of celebrities, too. Did you? So, yeah. Name uh, one. Brian Bashnagel. Okay. I can't tap that one. Uh, and Pat Dunsmore. That name sounds familiar. Was he on the Bears, too? Yeah, he was on the Bears. And he was not on the 85 team. He was on the 1986 team. Um, <laughs> okay. But he did He did have a Super Bowl ring because I think he was maybe on the practice squad or something in 1985 or okay. whatever. So um, we're going to do paper potpourri next week. Okay. That sounds good. But the name I have right now is... Oh, this guy, um, very famous guy, John Travolta. And have you seen a picture of John Travolta lately? I have. Uh, oh, my God. There's some. Time has not been surgery. kind to him. <laughs> no. Uh, or bad plastic surgery uh, um, that has befalled upon Mr. John Travolta. But what's your story? What's your John Travolta story? Okay, so my this is kind of a long story, so I hope uh, I hope I can I can do it. But. This goes back to, I want to say, the mid-90s, but it actually goes back even further. It goes back to the 70s. And when I, I was the producer of John Landecker's show. And in the 70s, John Landecker and John Travolta were good buddies. Uh, I mean, they actually were friends. They hung out together, did, did events together. And one event that they did was famous. They went to Woodfield Mall. Mm-hmm. And they were, and this is right when a Welcome Back Cotter came out, and mm-hmm. they were expecting a crowd of, you know, a few hundred kids to come out and meet him, and there were thirty thousand people there. Yeah, yeah. And it, and John recorded the whole thing, and it, it 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 was probably the most memorable bit in his entire radio career. If you if you want to find it, it, and it's in the and it's in the book, obviously, records truly is my middle name. It is in that book, and it's also um, the audio. I think is on our website. If you want to go eckhartspress.com, you can find it. But anyway, this story was not that. This story is now twenty years later, and I was trying to find something to uh, help John celebrate his fiftieth birthday, and so I was 
I was trying to reconnect with John Travolta because they had lost touch over time. Both of their careers kind of went from the very height to a, a little bit of a dip there in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, which you just mentioned, Pulp Fiction actually helped Travolta become famous again. Mm-hmm. And this was shortly after Pulp Fiction. I want to say 95, 96, 97 in that area. He was already at that time a huge star. So I tried to get him on the show and I called his publicist and I called his manager and he was such a big star. I didn't even get return phone calls. I mean, it it was impossible to try to get a hold of this man. I found out that he was going to be in Chicago filming a movie. So I called the Chicago film office and I asked, uh, for the unit line, I'm giving away some secrets here, but Mm -hmm. the unit line operator, I believe it was called the unit line, uh, publicist or something like that. Somebody, somebody who handles on-site publicity for these stars. And she also gave me the brush off. She's like, no way, you know, there's no way I'm going to connect you with John Travolta. I called her so many times that it <laughs> I started to bother her. <laughs> you were her you were her stalker. I was. I was uh, yeah, Steinhagen. Rick and Steinhagen. <laughs> um and I, I said, look, they they were friends. They were actual friends. And he and she's like, Yeah, right. Yeah, right. They were friends. I said, All right, finally, this is my last thing for you. If if you go up to John Travolta and you say the name John Landecker, if he does not respond, right. I will That's never bother you again. And she did. She went up and, and said his name. And he said, oh, my gosh, I love John Landerker. Got the phone number, called into the show, and wished uh, John a happy 50th birthday. Wow. The That's- next time he came into town, he insisted that John was put on the media list. And they met each other face to face, and he kissed him on the lips. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a little uh, and actually there's a picture in the in records truly is my middle name of of uh john travolta kind of gazing longingly at yeah, john that yeah, is unbelievably yeah. creepy yeah yeah um well there's been i think some rumors circulating although i don't obviously don't know oh no that, we would never uh, we would never say that dave would we <laughs> we wouldn't uh <laughs> now you know uh when you were telling me that story about how you just called the unit line operator yeah. didn't you once call you wanted to get a hold of Tony Larusa, and you called the ballpark, and they put you through to like the bullpen, and he answered the phone or something. The dugout. They put me through to the dugout. <laughs> I think that's great. You have yeah. no idea how easy it is to do some of this stuff. I mean, I shouldn't be telling you this, but as a radio producer, it, you know, it probably isn't like that anymore. But I called the White Sox. I said, uh, "Yeah, can I talk to Tony Larusa?" Yeah, sure. Hang on, and they put me through to the dugout. Uh, it, it was. It wasn't during the game. Obviously. No, no, it was before the game. What, wouldn't it be awesome if we could find bullpen phone numbers and just like say, "Hey, get the lefty up." <laughs> <That's it. laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? That would be. Why don't you uh, work on that? We'll do that during the show next week. <laughs> okay, that would be. Now that would be a podcast. <laughs> that would that, be. The, 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 okay, I'll, I'll get right on. Well, they do. They even have phone. Yeah, they have phones still, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And by the way, um, speaking of uh, a, a big show, we, we have one coming up on July 10th that uh, we should probably talk about. Uh, we're going to be on Hot Dogs, the Untitled Hour. Right. And that, that's going to be live from uh, Taste of Chicago, isn't it? 
Yeah, I don't think I've been to Taste in Chicago or Taste of Chicago in 25 years. Is that it's not Navy Pier, right? That was no, that was Chicago. Fe- I think the last time I did something like this was like Chicago Fest in like 1977. Are you serious? Um, no, I mean I think we've been to, I've been to Taste of Chicago's or Taste of Chicago since, but not. Yeah, I will. Often. I will. Uh, I I will look forward to this mainly because hopefully Doug will have some hot dogs there that we so can sausages. Try. You would think, right? Yeah, I would think. Um, Isn't that fact, part of the deal of us showing up on his uh, podcast is that we get some food? Or the duck fat fries. Did you ever have the duck fat fries? Oh, man. Those were fantastic. <sighs> I know. he. Yeah. Uh, he would, he's a thing. I yeah. love Doug. I do, too. He's a, he's a lot, he's, and he's part stopped. of our Radio Misfits podcast network. Radiomisfits.com is where you can find us. And remember, you can rate us. You can say nice things about us only. The yeah, uh, exactly. the machine will break if you say bad things. Uh, you can check out Rick and Dave at EckhartsPress.com, at ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you want to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaManPodcast at gmail.com. Dave, you can also, they can also follow us on Twitter, right? Uh, we can, and I'm the Twitter man. You so, are the uh, Twitter man. Um, and also, you guys can like um, the, Radio Fist, the, the Radio Misfits uh network on facebook and if you can figure out how to spell kemfer you can also follow me on uh twitter mm-hmm. and or facebook uh, i will be your friend just call out my name wherever i am i'll come running so it, it's much easier to be a stalker nowadays winter spring was. summer or fall i will, uh, I will be there don't don't sing the song because i won't illegal. i won't <laughs> don't, don't sing the song and also on the radio misfits as we mentioned last week the Artie quitter uncensored podcast which is uh, doing gangbusters as part of the which radio misfits podcast network it's really good it's really good and we'll um, be back again next week for another episode of minutia men thank you dave the proceeding was a presentation of the radio misfits podcast network find our other great shows on itunes Stitcher radio. and at radiomisfits.com thank you This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Are you ready for your soup? Mm. Hold out your bowl, then. Sometimes in our preoccupation Mm. with worldly Mm. matters, Mm. we Mm. tend to forget the Mm. simple pleasures. Mm.